0: Good morning. This Advent season, these four weeks in preparation for Christmas and in preparation for our own hearts, for the return of Jesus, we are focusing on the story of Mary. Last week, Pastor Lars preached about Mary's response to the angel Gabriel's words to her when she said, Let it be to me according to your word. Sometimes we forget that Mary was allowing herself to be stigmatized socially, to be looked upon with suspicion, even by people who knew her and loved her best. That story is called The Annunciation. The story this week is called The Visitation, sometimes referred to as Meeting Elizabeth. And as I prepared to preach the passage today, I was moved by the Holy Spirit to look at the story from a different angle, to look at the story from within itself, as the character of Elizabeth. So today, for the first part of the message, I will be delivering the story from the perspective of Elizabeth, Mary's cousin, in a first-person monologue. And then Pastor Lars will share with us how this story is applicable to our lives today. So let's pray together. Jesus, as your spirit moved, speaking through baby John even before he was born, as your spirit moved, helping Elizabeth to recognize who she was in the presence of, would you move among us today so that we can see and hear and sense your presence and so that our lives continue to be changed in our response of obedience to you. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. I only have a few minutes while the baby sleeps. You know, I've heard that this was hard, but... You try having your first baby at 53. All the, the sleepless nights, the, the fluids everywhere. I, not that I'm complaining. I have experienced God's graciousness in ways I never have imagined in these last 10 months. Before, before this happened, you know what they said about me? They said that I had a salt womb. That's what they said. It's because how we see things, it's, it's the land that's fertile or not, right? It's the womb that has the problem. The seed is always good. And so I was the one with the problem, and I was the one with a curse because of my sin a new neighbor would move in next to my husband Zachariah and myself and they would learn that we'd been married for 36 years and we didn't have any children and i would see this weight of sin this calculation they would try to do to figure out what we had done wrong what i had done wrong but but the truth is we're good people We obey the Torah, we obey God's law. We worship the creator of the universe alone, we pray. My husband, Zachariah, he's a priest in the order of Abijah, and I don't always say this, but I'm a descendant of the high priest Aaron, the first high priest, and I live up to that. We live up to that. I know it doesn't sound humble, but it's true. We are good people but that doesn't cure the shame I've felt. Salt womb. And I have prayed about it. I know you're wondering. I pray about it every day. Every day I prayed that God would bless us with a child because the creator of the universe blesses barren women. It's it's all over our scripture. Sarah, Rachel, Manoah's wife, Hannah. And then we have the psalm, the one that says, He gives the barren woman a home, making her the mother of children. Praise the Lord. I prayed that psalm every day. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But I I know it doesn't happen to everyone all the time, right? I kind of became pragmatic. Still, I prayed. Salt womb. Anyway, this is how it changed. About 10 months ago, my husband Zachariah was going on his annual two-week work trip to Jerusalem. His priestly order was up to serve in the temple. And there's so much to do in the temple, but they divide the jobs by having a kind of a lottery. And my husband won. He won the lottery. He won the the work that is closest to God. This is a a once-in-a-lifetime or never-in-a-lifetime opportunity for most priests. And he has the opportunity to burn incense in the holy place, right next to the holy of holies, right next to the presence of God. He can't believe it. So he goes into the holy place at the appointed time, and he's burning the incense right there in front of the altar, and lo and behold, An angel appears, and the angel says, Zechariah, the Lord has heard your prayer. And Zechariah thinks, my prayer for Israel, that we would be released from Roman oppression. But before he can say that, the angel continues, and he says, your wife Elizabeth, she's going to bear a son. That prayer. It's that prayer the Lord has heard and is answering. That personal, private prayer that we have prayed for years, that prayer. And, and the angel continues You are to name him John. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit and will have the spirit of the prophet Elijah. You know, you know God hadn't spoken to us, to our people, in 400 years, there hasn't been a prophet. But my son is going to have the prophet, the spirit of the greatest prophet, Elijah, on him. What an answer to prayer! What an answer to prayer this angel is bringing to my husband! But if you knew Zechariah, you would understand. He's very logical. He likes to think things through systematically, and he's thinking about it and looking at the angel, and he says, I'm not too sure about this. My wife, she's had the change already. And, and I'm kind of old. I can't be too sure. Talking back to the angel of the Lord in the holy place. Who would have thought? Zachariah. Anyway, the angel, I think he, he seemed to get bigger, and he says, my name is Gabriel. I stand in front of the presence of God. I've been sent here to bring you this good news which you haven't believed. And so from now on, you will be silent and unable to speak until the baby is born. And so Zachariah is not able to respond. He just stands there. And when his incense time is over, he turns around and leaves the holy place and goes out. And everyone is waiting to receive the blessing from the priest who has the privilege of being so close to God, and he can't speak. He has to make sign language to show what he saw and what happened, but it's not very dignified for a priest to do sign language of an angel. I was kind of thankful for the silence. He listened more. He was more helpful at home. I saw him praying more, but One of his friends helped him home and explained to me what he knew, what had happened. But you know, God was taking away my shame. God was keeping his promises and taking away my shame. But the name John, it means God is gracious. And God is gracious to me. God is so gracious to take away my shame. God is so gracious to my husband, Zachariah, even when he doesn't believe. God is gracious to our people. When I was about six months pregnant, though, one day there was a knock on the door, and things had slowed down at this point. I didn't make it on time to the door, and the door opens, and there is my little cousin Mary from Galilee. She is all grown up. (laughs) And I look at her, and... It doesn't take much women's intuition to know that she's in trouble. She's, she's traveled from Galilee, which is about 90 miles away, on foot. She's dirty, and her face is dirty, her clothes have seen some wear. And she says, Elizabeth. And then, it, this is not women's intuition. First, John moves inside me, and I, he's moved before these kind of fluttery movements that remind me of his life. But this almost knocks me over. It's like he's doing a somersault or some kind of acrobatics inside. And I almost fall over, but then I have this sense of warmth over my entire body, and it's the Holy Spirit. And I look at her, and I know. And I say, blessed are you among women, and blessed are the child, is the child you will bear. Why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? ''Blessed is she who believes that the Lord would fulfill His promises to her!'' That's what I say. ''Blessed is she who believes that the Lord would fulfill His promises to her!'' ''Blessed is she who believes Zechariah. Zachariah!'' ''Blessed is she who believes that the Lord would fulfill His promises to her, why am I so honored? In, in our culture, I'm, I'm the one who has a higher social, social status than Mary, that's for sure. I'm older. I, I am a descendant of Aaron, like I said. But I honor her. I honor her and what she's done. The mother of my Lord. God is gracious. God is so gracious. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. He will. He did to me. He did to Zachariah. He is to our people. He will for you. Blessed is the one who believes that the Lord will fulfill his promises. Oh, oh! you hear that? That's John. He's crying out. I need to go carefully.
1: As we've been studying Mary, going through these texts about Mary, Is met by the angel Gabriel, and is told that he's miraculously going to have a child, and that the child's going to be really special, that God's going to have his hand upon this child. The child's going to do great things. And then there's Mary, who is visited by the angel Gabriel, and is told that she's miraculously going to have a child, and that God's hand is going to be on this child, and this child is going to do amazing things. Almost exactly the same kind of story, Right? But different responses, aren't they? For Zechariah, his response is, yeah, but how am I going to know? I need a little more here. And for Mary, it was, may it be so. May it be so for me. Why the different responses? I mean, both believed in God, both were devout followers of the law. Zechariah was a priest after all. Why the different responses? Well, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, gives us a really helpful definition of faith, and it says this, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. It's not that Zechariah is a faithless person, far from it, he's a devout person, but he doesn't respond to God in faith when God speaks to him. God says something crazy. In in your old age, you're going to have a child, and the hand of God is going to be upon him. It's not all that different than 2,000 years earlier, God telling Abraham and Sarah, you're going to have a child in your own age. And what did Sarah do? She laughed. She laughed at God, right? Well, Zechariah doesn't laugh. He just says, I need a little more proof. This does not make sense. He is not convicted or convinced of things that he can't see. Mary, on the other hand, is there anyone who could fit this definition more perfectly than Mary, right? She is assured of what she hopes for, and she is convinced of things that she can't see, truths that she can't see. Zechariah and Mary are both faithful people, but only one of them responds in faith to God. Why was Mary able to do that and Zechariah wasn't able to do that? Well, here's my answer. Mary valued hope over evidence, She knew from the time she was a little girl, she had learned about how God had been faithful to the people of Israel throughout human history. And she trusted that God's plan to come and make all things new, that something was going on, and and, and she trusted in that. She couldn't see it, but she had hope in it. And she responded in faith. Elizabeth, what does she do? Remember, she's the bridge here between these two characters. She blesses Mary. Mary for responding in faith. And I love this text. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And here's the simple lesson in this for us. When we respond in faith to the God who is speaking, blessing follows. When we respond in faith to God, blessing follows. It does not eliminate hardship. You can Look at the story of Mary to see that that's true. But blessings follow a faithful response to God. Zechariah did not respond in faith, and what did God do? God lovingly corrected Zechariah by stealing his voice for a number of months. But what does Mary get by responding in faith? She gets the blessing of being fully present in this pregnancy. And she even gets this moment of these two cousins meeting in utero and the joy that comes from that. So I'll say what I said last week. God is here. God is speaking here and now. He's wanting to do a new thing in you and in me and in us. And the question is, how do we respond? Elizabeth is that bridge. Do you know God? Have you placed your trust in God? Do you believe in that he is doing something new and he is making all things new. If you can respond in that way, you will be blessed for your faithfulness. But what about when we don't respond in faith? What about when we're like Zechariah? Anybody identify with Zechariah? Well, we miss out on the full blessings of God. That's true. But not forever. Though Zechariah and Mary have these really disparate responses, we actually see their stories come back into union again. Zechariah has this path of sort of confusion and frustration and not being able to speak for the entire pregnancy. Mary has one of blessing. But guess where they both end up? They both end up in song. And what do both songs affirm? Both songs affirm a faithful God. Mary's is called the Magnificat. We're going to unpack that next week. Come back. Zechariah, you can read at the end of Luke chapter 1, both of these songs affirm a faithful God who will be faithful and who is coming and doing a new thing among his people. Thanks be to God that there is a grace when we don't respond in faith. But let me ask, wouldn't you rather take the path of Mary if you have the choice? Knowing, assuredly, that just as God is so clearly doing a new thing, that he will see that to completion. That's my prayer for me, and for you, and for us, as we come to celebrate the Christ child this year.